don't go glean in another man's field. Look with me. Ruth chapter number 2. We'll pick up our reading in the last verse of chapter number 1 and read this chapter in God's Word together. The Bible says in Ruth chapter number 1 and verse number 22, So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to lie on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearst thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me, all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Then she said, Let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me. And for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like unto one of thine handmaids. And Boaz said unto her, At mealtime come thou hither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers, and he reached her parched corn, and she did eat, and was sufficed, and left. And when she was risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not. And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. And leave them, that she may glean them and rebuke her not. So she gleaned in the field until even, and beat out that she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where hast thou gleaned today? 
Where wroughtest thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought and said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. And Ruth the Moabite said, He said unto me also, Thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of the barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. And we come to a conclusion there in this chapter number 2. And the story is relatively simple. It's interesting. Lots of things going on here. But Ruth gets to Bethlehem and they're going to have to have food. Naomi is a widow. Ruth is a widow, and Ruth has uh, more than one strike against her. She's both a widow and she's an alien of a foreign land. And so Ruth, having uh, a spirit that we can appreciate, she says, I'm not just going to sit here. She asked her mother-in-law, she said, I'm going to have to go, and I'll go to start gleaning. There was a a provision in the law that uh, poor people could go behind the harvesters and pick up the things that fell along the way. You know, as you are uh, picking corn, as you're uh, chopping corn, as you're uh, gathering in harvest, there are certain things that fall to the ground that aren't worth the time financially for the harvester to pick up and come along and hire people to pick up. But there was enough there that there were an opportunity for poor people to come by and pick it up. And so Ruth said, I'm just going to have to glean. We're going to have to eat, Naomi. I'm going to have to glean. And she says, I'm going to go and see uh, where I can glean and see where I can find grace. She wanted to know. She wanted to go and find somewhere where the people would be gracious to her and show her some favor, even though she wasn't like everybody else. And so she prayerfully makes her way out of the house into a field, and God providentially leads her to the field of none other than Boaz himself. And while she's there, Ruth is uh, gathering and gleaning and working hard. As a matter of fact, when Boaz comes on the scene, one of the servants says, she's been working all day. She came and asked. We said, sure, she's been working all day. She's barely even came into shelter. She's been working hard. Boaz was interested. Boaz calls for a meeting, and they speak together, and she thanks him for his graciousness, and he reminds her and lets her know that there's no need in him, her being going anywhere else. He says, I've commanded my men not to touch you. He says, when they drink, you can drink from the, the water that's been pumped and provided by my men. When it comes time to eat, you eat with my people. And he says, you glean. And as Ruth says, yes, sir, thank you, and uh, humbles herself and is gracious and uh, thankful and walks away. As she walks away, Boaz looks at, her, looks at his reapers and he says, let me tell you something, boys. Along the way, you drop her hands full on purpose. You just leave her big chunks along the way so she gets more than enough. And we see here twice, Ruth has given the same advice. The first time, it comes from Boaz, verse number 8. 
Verse number 8, the Bible says, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? He says, Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. He says, Don't go glean in another man's field. You need to glean here because I'm going to take care of you. And then again, after she comes home and reports to Naomi what had happened that day, Naomi says to her, Ruth, uh, it is good, my daughter, verse 22, it is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that they meet thee not in any other field. Verse 23, so she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean. <laughs> what does Naomi say? She says, look here, the best thing you could ever do, the smartest thing for you to do, is don't you ever be seen gleaning anywhere but Boaz's field. Do you understand me? <laughs> It's a reminder. Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on this passage of Scripture, and it was simply titled, A Sermon to Gleaners. And we got to remember something about who we are and have a real understanding of where we are and who we are and what we need. Folks, I want you to know something. If you try to make yourself look like Boaz in this passage of Scripture, you're wrong. You see... Boaz is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ and faithfulness of God, a man with means and ability to provide. That's not us. None of us. None of us are Boazes. We're all Ruths. Every person that's ever breathed air is a gleaner. Folks, you and I are gleaners. What's that mean? That means that we cannot possibly provide for ourselves. We can't do it. We have to have someone provide our needs. Now, this offends some people. I understand the idea of being self-made. I appreciate folks who work hard. I appreciate folks who are diligent and work smart. But I'll just have you know something. The things that you possess are not primarily the result of how awesome you are. The things that we possess and the needs that are provided for us and even needs provided through us are the direct result of the blessings of God in our lives. It's very elementary, I know, but it's so important to remember. What could you have accomplished in your life, had God not provided oxygen? I mean, if you're self-made, you've got to provide your own oxygen, right? What have you made or grown that you've provided all the sunshine for? How many of you have control over the rain? We know you don't have control of the temperature because you wouldn't have made it go from 70-something to 20-something, right? Folks, we're all gleaners. We all have to get up every morning and understand that I cannot do all this on my own. I am a needy person. I have needs. I have to go and have my needs provided by someone else. 
And when we look at Ruth, we think, yeah, sure, she's a widow, she's a foreigner, she's a single lady, she has needs, bless her heart. She'll have to glean. Whew. I'm really glad I've got a good job. I'm really glad I have a nice home. I'm really glad I've got food in the refrigerator. Whoa! You too are a gleaner. But here's the sweet news. Our heavenly Boaz is a gracious Lord, a gracious Master, a gracious Savior, a gracious friend. And He provides for us. You know what's amazing to me? God provides for people who don't care about Him at all. But He provides anyway. The scripture says something like this. God causes the sun to shine or the rain to fall on the righteous and on the just and the unjust. We're all gleaners. The thing we must remember, in times of trouble, in times of struggle and heartbreak, and even big questions, don't go gleaning in some other man's field. Don't go gleaning in some other man's field. You know, Ruth had made the right decision, chapter number one. She went to Bethlehem. And now the lesson is preached again. Don't go gleaning in some other man's field. We're all gleaners. We all have needs. God will provide. We're gleaners. I've seen about this. I've tried to think it through because I think about folks who have lots of means and Sometimes we get to the place where we don't think we need God. But we all have needs. What do, uh, what do the super rich do when they get sick? They just go to themselves and feel better. No. They rub a little bit of a pile of $100 bills on their heart and makes it. No. What do, they need a doctor. We all have needs, folks. We're all gleaners. Don't go glean in another man's field. Let's remember a few things. We need to thank God and praise God and remember God's providence. That word providence is, is really a great word. It's something that we need to pay attention to. God's providence. We can rest in God's providence. God is uh, providing. God is working on our behalf. God is moving in ways we cannot see. God is all-knowing, and he's working all things, the Bible says, together for our good. There are moments like this week where you wonder how in the world can that verse be true, but we must know that it is. And we must be reminded not to go glean in some other man's field. God's providence. Let's look at God's providence in regard to his timing. The scripture says in verse number 22 of chapter number 1, the reason I read this verse because I want you to see this really simple thing. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. When did they come out of Moab into Bethlehem, the beginning of barley harvest. Now, I think it's important that God noted this because God's letting us know that His timing is perfect. His timing is perfect. The moment that the opportunity would arise for Ruth to meet Boaz and the beginning of her new life was at barley harvest. God's timing's perfect. You know, we question God's timing. There's no doubt about it. Most of the time we're questioning God's timing because we're saying, why am I still waiting, Lord? 
But then there are other times when we think, my lands, didn't that happen too soon? But I want you to know something, God's timing is perfect. And if you find yourself uncomfortable and tempted to step away from God, you remember something. If you reject God, act in sin, and move away from Him, you are gleaning, looking for your help in some other man's field. Rest in the faithfulness of God. God led Naomi and Ruth at the perfect time, at the beginning of the barley harvest. You see, God's providence is working in regards to time. God's providence is working in regards to place. Look at this passage of Scripture here. It's one of my favorite verses. We'll read the first two, three verses here. Naomi had a kinsman. We've met Boaz. Verse number 2. Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. Now, something I love about Ruth, is she just going to sit at the house and lick her wounds and whine and cry and complain because Boaz never came and visited me. Boaz never came and talked to me. Boaz didn't do what I wanted him to do. Boaz, you know, no, 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 no. She didn't cross her hands and throw a little temper tantrum and say, I'll tell you one thing, Boaz didn't do anything to help me. I've been sitting here in this house. No, no, no. I'll tell you what Ruth did and I love it. Ruth said, you know what? If we're going to eat, I'm going to have to work. And God has designed the Christian life in such a way that we should work like it all depends on us, but we should pray and trust knowing it all depends on God. Don't forget it. What did Ruth do? Ruth got up and said, hey, look, Naomi, I'm going to go find us some food. I appreciate the work ethic. Naomi says, go, my daughter. Verse 3. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, Verse number 3, and her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. You see that little word hap? It was her hap. There have been lots of sermons preached on it was her hap. And it just means that it just so happened. Now, we understand that it was not a coincidence, it was not a freak event, it was not a, uh, a winning of the lottery, but the Bible says it was her hap. She happened to fall on the lo- Boaz's field. Now, I want you to understand something. God leads us in his providence to certain places. Aren't you glad? Now, now look, whether we acknowledge it or not, God is leading us to certain places. We should acknowledge it. We should thank God for the providence that he has in the places that he leads us. He leads us to churches. He leads us to colleges. He leads us to uh, professions. He leads us. He leads us. He leads us to places. And we can thank him for how things happen in our lives. It was her hat. God was leading. Something I love about the story of Ruth in this chapter, I think about my own self, and I know I'm a gleaner. And I know that I can't know everything that is to come. I can't even begin to. But I can, day by day, follow the Lord, give my best effort, trusting the Lord, believing the Lord. And I can rest in the fact that as I need it, it will be my hap to land in the right place. We was talking about, I saw somebody this week, about Ruth, and you know, most of you know the story. I met Ruth at Walmart my first day of college. You can get anything you need at Walmart. And uh, we love it. 
Uh, they sell name brand wives. They're not a discounted rate, though. Uh, anyway, enough of that. I was talking this week, and somebody said, "Why is the best trip you ever made to Walmart?" And I said, "You ain't just kidding. There's no doubt about it." And then I look back at that, and I think, "Well, Lord, thank you, uh, thank you. It was it was the Lord's half. It wasn't uh, just a happenstance, a coincidence, but the Lord orchestrated a meeting at Walmart. The Lord knew long before." Uh, we were ever born, that she needed to be a Thomas and I needed to be a Sturgill so that she could come sliding into class right on time. And I'd look over my, look over my shoulder and say, my land, she's cute. Uh, she was a Thomas. She sat right behind me. God knew that I needed that. And the, the providence was right. God knew that uh, her parents would need to drive onto campus at Crown College in the middle of the night because I was always working on something. And every time they drove on campus, they saw me. I had to win their hearts because she was a lot harder to win. Uh, it took a while, and the Lord did it. But the Lord orchestrated every detail. It was his hat, and God leads us to people. That story in my life, the biggest one, of course, is my wife. But that story is repeated over and over and over again. And how many times has God crossed our paths with people that we knew we'd need? I mean, there's folks in this auditorium that I met by coincidence, my hap. Who'd ever thought they'd become the biggest parts of my entire life? And anchors to my soul. Hey, look, I'm just thankful that every time I've ever gleaned in God's field, he's been faithful. If you'll just keep gleaning in God's field and look for your needs and the faithfulness of God and doing things God's way, you'll find out it works. His providence is real. God's timing is real. And right, God's place is real and right. It was her hap. And the people, God sends the people. God sent Boaz. She landed right where she needed to land. Boaz's name means in him is strength. And folks, I want you to know something. Our strength is frail, but God's strength is perfect. And God's strength in our lives is made perfect in our weakness. Trust him. Don't go gleaning in another man's field. Trust in God's providence. People. Look what Boaz did. Something I think that's so precious about Boaz is he had everything that Ruth needed. But he didn't hold it over her head and say, you're going to serve me because so, I got what you need. Let me tell you something. If you go gleaning in the devil's field, He'll make you an addict to the things he provides. And then he'll take your life as payment. You go glean in the field of God and righteousness. Do you know what God will do? God will give you everything you need. And when you mess up, he'll love you anyway. And when you blow it, he'll care for you anyway. You see, the greatest reward is found in the field of Boaz. Don't go glean in another man's field. Old Boaz, look what he does. He's so precious. First of all, we see him in verse 4, being kind to his workers. Behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, his servants, he says, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless thee. You see that relationship between Boaz and his employees? Let me tell you something. If you happen to be an employer, this should be a great lesson to you. Just because you're an employer does not mean that you are some type of 
special, special character. He never gives you the right to mistreat anyone. Boaz had a great rapport with his workers, and he was encouraged that they knew Jehovah God. He said, the Lord be with you, and they answered, the Lord bless thee. That's a sweet thing, isn't it? Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? I've underlined that phrase because I really think that Boaz looked at Ruth and said, Wow, <laughs> whose damsel is this? Verse 6, The servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. She said, I pray you, let me glean and gather. They said, This is what, this is what she said. And here's what Boaz says to Ruth. Verse number 8, Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Hey, look, God led her the right person. God's providence. We can trust God's providence. And when you're finding yourself in a spot that's difficult, don't go glean in another man's field. You keep trusting God, believing in God's providence. Number two, let's consider this God's provision. God's provision. In verse 9, Boaz continues speaking to Ruth. What Ruth needed this moment was some food for her belly for that day and for Naomi. And we're going to watch God provide it. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap. Go thou after them. Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? When thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said to her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done in thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how that thou hast left thy father and thy mother, the land of thy nativity, and art come to a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work. Oh, my, Boaz is being so good to her. Boaz is being so gracious. The thing I want you to see about God's provision. God provided the man to help her. God provided the meal for the day. Verse number 16. Boaz has spoken to his young men. He says, let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her. God's provision. Let me show you something really sweet about Boaz. It's a picture of how God treats us. How do you explain tragedy, preacher? You're saying that God gives us handfuls of prayer. How do you explain tragedy? I explain tragedy as I have to trust God. He knows better than me. But I can guarantee you this. No matter the struggle, no matter the trouble, you can rest in the fact that God is going to meet your every need. God is working all things together for good. God is proving himself faithful over and over again. And God is providing for Ruth, handfuls of purpose. Boaz says, hey, look, we're going to provide faithfully for this girl. He says, boys, you make sure all along the way where she's going, if you see her gleaning behind you, you just drop a big handful all along the way. Now, look, folks, I want you to do something. We get in moments where we're very discouraged. How many of you have ever been discouraged? Oh, my. We get in moments where we have great concern and the grief is strong and bitter at times. What do we do? You just remember, you be looking. You be looking for God's handfuls of purpose. You know what I found out? 
I don't have to look very long to see something to be thankful for. I don't have to glean very long to find something to realize that there's God showing me love again. I don't have to make many steps forward to be able to say, Thank you, Lord, for that little handful. And thank you, Lord, for that little handful. And thank you, Lord, for that big handful. And the little handfuls we find along life's way, you know what they should remind us of? They should remind us that we should not go glean in another man's field. You keep trusting the Lord. God's providence, God's provision. And finally, God's purpose. God's purpose. In verse number 18, Ruth has finished up her day of gleaning. The Bible says that she took it up and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. And she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed. She said, I've got plenty. Here, let me give you what's left. And there was a lot. The Bible says in verse 19, And her mother-in-law said unto her, Where hast thou gleaned today? Well, this is a great conversation between Ruth and her mother-in-law. Where have you gleaned today? Wow. Where wroughtest thou? This is great. She says, Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. And Naomi knew somebody, somebody's looking out for you today. And she showed her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought. And said, The man's name with whom I wrought today is Boaz. As soon as Naomi heard Boaz, her mother-in-law wheels started turning. Now, you know something. I don't know that God's ever made a lady that wasn't a matchmaker to some sort or some uh, degree. And Naomi's matchmaking wheels start going. She is rolling now. Boaz, you, uh, you got to be kidding me. Boaz? The Boaz? Yeah, that's who I... And Naomi's like... Woo-hoo. Hallelujah. I'd like to see Naomi's face when Ruth said Boaz. Because Naomi lit up. And she saw hope. And she had a brightness. The prospect was amazing. Here's what she says. She says in verse number 20, Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord. You have no idea, girl. He is blessed. Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Naomi said to her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. Why did Naomi say that? Because she knew that Boaz had the legal ability to redeem them. Boaz had the legal ability and the relational ability. He had all the necessary things to redeem them, to get back their uh, Elimelech's property, to get back the possessions, to get back the future. He had everything. He was the total package. And Naomi said, that's our nearest kinsman. The Bible says, Ruth, verse 21, the Moabites said, He said unto me also, thou shalt keep fast by my young men until they have Ended all my harvest. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that thou go out with his maidens, that thou meet, that thou meet, that they meet thee not in any other field. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. Now look, God's purpose. Now, this has been a long journey for Ruth. You imagine the journey that Ruth's been on. 
She meets and marries a Hebrew. He dies. She has to make a decision to leave home or go with Naomi. And God was tugging at her heart. Choose me, choose me, choose me. Ruth says, okay. And Ruth leaves her home. The land of her nativity is how Boaz said. She leaves her home. She's lost her husband. Two heartbroken women make their way back to Bethlehem. And when they get there, because they're hungry, she has to go eat. But God begins to move. As a gleaner, God provides through his providence. As a gleaner, God provides through his faithfulness. As a gleaner, God then begins to show his purpose. At this moment, Ruth has no idea what all is in store for her. As a matter of fact, Ruth dies without knowing exactly what God is going to do. But I know, and you know, as we study God's word, what God does. God brings Boaz and Ruth together. The girl that's gleaning in the field, just hoping for a mouthful of grain, she'll be married to the man and be an owner of the very property in the near future. But Ruth dies not knowing all the purpose of God. You see, the main purpose, God raises up a Ruth in order that through her and her seed and the seed of Boaz, that we'd have the ultimate, the real kinsman redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a purpose. Now look, Ruth, as far as we know, she dies not knowing and understanding exactly what God had brought her through all this for. And you know, we may live and die and never understand why in the world, Lord, did that happen? Why in the Lord, world, Lord, did you allow this Circumstance. Why, Lord, did you guide me in that way? Why am I here like this at this moment? And we may live and die not knowing exactly why, but I want you to know something. You will never, ever, ever go wrong being a gleaner in God's field. Why do you glean? Because we have needs. We all have needs. Where do we glean? We glean with God. We glean with God. Don't get bitter at Him. Don't get angry with Him. Don't be afraid to have questions. Don't be afraid to seek Him. Don't be afraid to have intimate communion and fellowship with Him. But whatever you do, don't be looking for your needs to be met anywhere else but in the righteousness and faithfulness and goodness of God. You see, the lesson that Ruth was taught was don't go glean in another man's field. And even if you're tempted because of the grief that you're bearing right now, you remember, if you try to get your help anywhere from God, you're not going to get what you need. Don't go glean in another man's field. You trust God. He'll meet you all the way. He is faithful.